You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1065 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland. Coming to you on a Friday evening, and thank you as always for listening to the podcast. Uh, a couple of notes at the top of the show, and then we'll dive into the season schedule that was released on Friday afternoon, as well as some bet online NBA award odds later in the show. Uh, pretty interesting Hawk stuff in there that I'd spend uh, came out a couple days ago that I wanted to touch on here at the end of the week. But again, thank you for listening, and we'll dive in here with some news and notes at the top of the podcast. Um, first, We'll start with uh, Keith Smith reporting that A.J. Lawson, who is on the Hawks Summer League team, uh, has been signed to a training camp contract. Very likely this will be an Exhibit 10 contract, which is uh, which would give Lawson some money guaranteed to come to training camp and then also give the Hawks his G League rights for College Park. That would be very similar to what happened with Johnny Hamilton a few uh, days and weeks ago. At this point in time, that deal was reported earlier in August. I'd be pretty surprised if Lawson actually made the Hawks Big League Club this season. But an interesting G League guy for sure, a good athlete, and uh, you know an undrafted free agent, but someone who was definitely at least a prospect on some level. So a good guy to target for training camp deals. For some background, the Hawks can carry as many as 20 guys for training camp. So right now they only have 15 under contract, plus Skylar Mays, and then you throw in uh, Hamilton and Lawson. Like that takes you to to, to only uh, 18. So they have a little bit more wiggle room if they want to bring somebody else in for training camp stuff. But that was reported by Keith, and there you go on that. Um, also on the Hawks' personnel front, Marlon Garnett, a Hawks assistant coach that was under Lloyd Pierce and stayed under McMillan last year, uh, it seems like he's going to be heading to the Hornets, actually. Uh, he announced, uh, at least seemingly announced, a move to the Hornets on Instagram on Friday, and Chris Kirshner of The Athletic reported that he'll be leaving for the Hornets as well. The Hawks have not said anything about this officially at this point in time, uh, but they actually did have, they announced Garnett as part of the finalized coaching staff a few weeks ago, alongside Nate McMillan, of course, and Jamel McMillan, Chris Gent, um, the whole new staff is in place, but with this move, um, again, not been announced, but seemingly all signs point to Garnett leaving for Charlotte, the Hawks have an opening on their staff at a pretty late hour in the offseason. Now, most teams have set their staffs at this point in time, so obviously there'll be some intrigue for Atlanta because they have a job opening, number one, but also because they're a very interesting, good team. Um, but Garnett was a guy who I know worked a lot with Trey Young, uh, Cam Reddish, etc. in the past, so um, I've, I've Always enjoy my interactions with him and also have heard good things. So a loss for the Hawks, and we'll see what they do with that final uh, coaching staff spot that is now seemingly open in late August. And then also, before we get to the regular season schedule in a second, the preseason schedule came out uh, two days ago. And uh, the big thing for me here is that uh, this is sort of a win for Hawks fans because all four preseason games are going to be on local TV on Valley Sports Southeast. Now, it may not seem like too much, but... I will say this, for a long time, uh, at least one or two of the exhibition games were not televised, and uh, I'd have to go through sort of uh, all kinds of jumping through hoops to find video of some of these games, either live or taped. And I managed to do that because I have some connections to do that, but a lot of fans were unable to watch some of these preseason games. This year, they'll all be available on Bally. That's very, very solid, and I think that's not a, it's sort of a small thing, but not uh, something that's insignificant in my mind. But they open up their first game action albeit a game that does not count, will be October 4th in Miami. Then they have a home game on October 6th against Cleveland, October 9th at Memphis, and the final preseason game on October 14th at home against Miami. So they play Miami twice, 
uh, Memphis and uh, Cleveland along the way. And, of course, we'll dive into the, the season schedule that's coming up very soon because, obviously, that's uh, much more of a headliner. But we'll get to that in a second, as well as some interesting awards talk in a moment. But first, a word from our friends at BetOnline.ag. The offseason is here for the Atlanta Hawks in full force, but BetOnline is still the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is still in full swing at this point in time. You can track all the action, though, at BetOnline. And beyond baseball, there is all kinds of interest from sport to sport, entertainment, and much more. Get all the latest news, the odds, and the information for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, golf, tennis, auto racing, F1, all that fun stuff. You can find it all at BetOnline. And on top of that, you have odds boosters, entertainment bets, the works. You can find it all in one place. Before the next pitch, dribble, or pass, head over to the BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prepare for their run to their respective playoffs. Head to the website right now or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code Locked On. 50% extra cash if you use the promo code Locked On when you sign up at betonline.ag. Check it all out in one place, your best place to find all the sports action, the fastest, easiest, and best. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we'll dive into the schedule now for the Hawks. And uh, as you might expect, 82 games now on the horizon for Atlanta and plenty to get into here. The headliner, pretty clearly though, is the national TV slate. So, after being an afterthought nationally for the last few years, and really even before that when they were good, the Hawks have 19, yes, 19 national TV games. Uh, four on TNT, nine on ESPN, which is a lot. One on ABC, and then 14, so that basically means 14 games that are actually national TV, and then five more on NBA TV to get you up to 19 overall. So that's a lot of games. Uh, that's the most the Hawks have had, and I, I did some math I don't have all the data going back forever, but it might be their most that they've had since I've been covering the team. So that's obviously a lot um, and deserved. Obviously a, a very interesting team now with Trey Young and returning from making the Final Four last year, etc. But that's a lot of fun. And honestly, it's the first ABC game in the regular season that I can remember happening really ever, or at least in a very, very long time. They've been on ESPN and TNT recently and NBA TV, of course, but an ABC game is uh, nothing to scoff at. So 19 is a high number. Yeah, but certainly one that I think the Hawks fans are very excited about. After I sort of tweeted about it today, people seemed very, very excited about that. So uh, shouts to Hawks fans. We'll have a lot of opportunity to watch our team on national TV. Also, the Hawks have 14 back-to-backs, which is a relatively average number. Uh, again, a reminder that the full season is going to be 82 games this year instead of the 72 from last year. Um, in fact, there was a, uh, a graphic that was tweeted out, and my apologies now for not having the attribution right now, but the Hawks are tied for fourth. Um, in terms of the most games with a rest advantage against their opponents. So a pretty good schedule quirk there for Atlanta. And also, even more favorable in my opinion, is that the Hawks play, of course, every team in the West, they play them twice. That's That goes for every team in the league, uh, across, across the conference team, you play them twice. But there are certain teams that you play three times or four times in your own conference, and the Hawks play every team in the East four times, except for Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and then Detroit. But still, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia um, will be picked by a lot of people 1-2-3 or 1-2-4 or at least you know, be three out of the top four teams in the East. And the Hawks only have to play those teams three times. Obviously, that could not be a huge deal. But if you're talking about battling for seeding and all that stuff, it's not a small thing to A, have a bunch of rest advantages on the schedule and also to at least avoid 
playing the better teams uh, four times versus three times. So, again, a small thing, but certainly favorable for the Hawks. I think it's a very favorable uh, sort of schedule slate overall. And if you look at the schedule strength, you know, last year famously the Hawks were very lopsided. Um, the first half schedule was much more difficult than the second half schedule. At least on paper before the season started, we talked about that a lot on the podcast and other places. This year it's a lot more balanced. There are a lot of road trips that are maybe sort of uh, swinging things, but in terms of overall projection, in terms of Vegas win total and schedule strength, the Hawks are actually fairly balanced between the first half and the second half, which is, uh, you know, take that for what it's worth, but there you go for now. Also, um, earlier in the week we talked about the fact that the Hawks have their Christmas game against the Knicks. That's going to be happening still, of course, on the road at noon in New York. And then the opening Thursday game, is at home against Dallas. And by the way, that is the season opener as well. So that was already public. Now it's official that it's the actual actual start for the Hawks is a Thursday night TNT game against Dallas. And that'll be a nice high-profile start for all parties involved. Um, from there, they go on the road to play the Cavs in the road opener on October 23rd. Then they go, uh, a third game of the year is actually at home against Detroit, which is Kay Cunningham. Uh, the first time he'll be, he'll be in Atlanta. And then the fourth game is an ESPN game in New Orleans against Zion and company. So, a loaded first uh, little stint for the Hawks. And then quickly after that, they play the Sixers in a probably a pretty highly uh, touted rematch of the playoffs on October 30th on the road. So very, very busy. And then November starts early on with a Brooklyn game on the road on November 3rd on ESPN. So lots of intrigue out of the gate for Atlanta. Um, they, have the West, they have two West Coast trips, basically, during the season. The first one's pretty short. It's a four-game stretch in November, but it's Phoenix- Golden State, Utah, and Denver in a row. That's a very, very tough slate for four games away from home. Um, and then they also have some sort of other nuts and bolts here to get into. Uh, Thanksgiving, nobody ever plays really on, on the day, but the Hawks have two road games around that. They have the Wednesday game in San Antonio and then Friday in Memphis, so they'll probably be on the road between those two games um, for Thanksgiving this year. Um, they have a pretty tough stretch on the schedule at the end of 2021 into 22, so late December into early January. So... Starting on December 23rd, they have 8 of 9 on the road. Um, that includes Christmas game, of course, in New York. And then the last four games on that lengthy road stint are on the West Coast again, with Portland, Sacramento, and then both L.A. teams in a row. Um, to counter that, though, they have a couple of very home-heavy stretches before and after that. They play 13 out of 18 at home before that trip, and then 10 of 11 at home pretty quickly after that. So... Obviously, the nature of the season is that you have some road heavy stretches and some home heavy stretches, but that's the case here for Atlanta. They'll be in Cleveland for New Year's Eve on a New Year's Eve game. That's pretty interesting in a lot of ways. Um, and then one of the headliners of the schedule always is MLK Day. The Hawks will be hosting, as they often do. That you know They've only not hosted on MLK Day, I think, one or two times in the last 25, 30 years. But this year, it's a high-profile game. 6 p.m. Eastern, it's a TNT game, and it's the Milwaukee Bucks in the Conference Finals rematch. That is a high-profile spot, and obviously, uh, I'll be in. I'll be in the building for that one. That'll be a lot of uh, be a lot of fun. It's always a good atmosphere on MLK Day, but a little bit heightened this year because of the opponent and the stage for the Hawks. Um, the Lakers. People always ask about this. The Lakers coming to Atlanta with LeBron and AD and company on Sunday, January 30th. That, that's actually a one o'clock Eastern game, and it's not national TV. So that's actually pretty interesting that they're coming in in a pretty low, pretty low-profile spot, even if it's the Lakers who are never low-profile. Uh, the second Dallas game. Um, after the opener is not till February, but it's on the road. It's also on ESPN, so both those games will be nationally televised. The one ABC game is in Boston on Sunday afternoon, February 13th. So a uh, prime spot. Obviously, uh, ABC, once football season starts to ramp down, goes to those ABC afternoon games on Sundays. That'll be one of those with the Hawks and the Celtics. Uh, fast forwarding a little bit here. 
The last home game of the season is April 6th against Washington. Uh, and the last game of the season overall is April 12th on the road in Houston. So I know that's a lot of information to be thrown at you in a short period of time. The full schedule I tweeted out in a PDF form. Uh, I'm sure you can find it now everywhere. I'm just trying to do the, the annual scramble for information around 3 o'clock on Friday. But, you know, we can go through that entire thing. I know that Peachtree Hoops, where I am no longer the editor but still a big reader and supporter, they always do some great schedule breakdown stuff. I'm sure I'll be diving into the ins and outs of the schedule in the future. But there you go for now. Lots of national TV exposure. Um, nothing crazy in terms of schedule strength and weaknesses. Some long trips, some long home stands, etc. And we'll be here the entire way with all of you. All right, with that out of the way, we'll finish up with some Bet Online awards talk at the end of the podcast. But first, a word from our sponsors, and the first of which is rockauto.com. Have you ever gone to a chain store looking for auto parts that fit your car? Is it maddening? Because it is for me. I know it has been in the past, and it will be if I ever try that again. But frankly, I don't ever need to do that again because of rockauto.com. Rock Auto has been serving auto parts customers for 20 years at this point in time, and you could save time and money when you use Rock Auto. They have all kinds of auto parts that will fit your lifestyle, fit your preferences, and the best part is you don't have to endure the pointless questioning from someone behind the counter who's only looking to sell you the one part or one kind of part that they have in their warehouse. RockAuto.com has everything you could possibly need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, and honestly, the prices are always reliably low for every customer, and they really serve the do-it-yourselfer very, very effectively. You can go explore their website right now. It's very easy to use. You can find a solution to your auto parts needs in one place. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck, and from there, you want to write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Today's podcast is also sponsored by the good folks at Built Bar. With Built Bar, there are so many delicious flavors that there's always something for everyone, and honestly, it's difficult to pick just one. If you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're always passionate about their favorites, but for me, I have more than one, quite frankly. If you don't know all the Built Bar flavors at this point in time, you're absolutely missing out. They have coconut, they have cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, German chocolate, and my personal favorite has to be cookies and cream. It's been that way for a long time, but even with my affection for cookies and cream, there are other options that are honestly just about as good and really they're fantastic for everyone that enjoys Built Bar. In addition to being extremely tasty and Built Bar is extremely tasty, they're also very very healthy. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein, the calorie range is 130 to 180, they only have 4 or 5 grams of sugar and they only have 4 or 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors all the way across the board, they're all tasty and they're all healthy. If you order today, they get the grass popper cookie or the raspberry or whatever you like. And if you go to built.com and use the promo code locked on, you're 15% off your order with Built Bar. Use the promo code locked on, 15% off at built.com. All right, we'll close up shop on a Friday night with some awards talk. And uh, of course, Bet Online is a sponsor of this podcast, and they have all kinds of future odds to dive into. I'll save MVP for last, it's always the headliner, but they released a bunch of future odds for awards next season this week, and the Hawks are involved in uh, almost all of them on some level. So I'll fly through these at some point, but they're pretty interesting. And, of course, I have always uh, enjoyed talking about the league through the lens of some odd stuff, and I find it in, uh, instructive at times. So Rookie of the Year odds are out. Uh, Jalen Johnson's 28-1. to 1. Sharif Cooper is 40-1. to 1. Um, The co-favorites are Kid Cunningham, Jalen Green at plus 275. Jalen Suggs is 650. And Evan Mobley is 10-1. And then a trio of Sengun, Book Knight, and Scotty Barnes are 14-1. to 1. Um. With regard to the Hawks, I think obviously given their depth, it's not likely that Johnson uh, and especially Cooper would actually win Rookie of the Year. 
I will say this. If Johnson were to get the playing time that some of these guys might get, he might be a real factor. I think we saw that in Summer League, that he might be ready to play a little bit sooner than later. With that said, I think he would probably need a couple of injuries to really get the playing time necessary to win Rookie of the Year. Usually, that's an award that's going to have to go to someone who plays a lot of minutes and puts up the counting stats and all that stuff. So, realistically, you're not going to root for injury, clearly, and he would probably need one to be a big factor. That's even more so the case for Cooper. Um, just because of who's in front of him, you know, even beyond Trey Young, you have two vets in Lou Williams and DeLon Wright, and then Trey just plays so many minutes and does so many things and is obviously awesome. So I can't see a scenario short of a Trey Young injury, and obviously we're not rooting for that, uh, for Sharif Cooper to actually get in the mix there. But they're on the list and getting some reasonable respect from the bookmakers, it seems. Um, Defensive Player of the Year, this is the one that's crazy to me. I tweeted about this and sort of gave it away a little bit a couple of days ago on Twitter. Um, But Clint Capella is not listed anywhere, which I think is relatively inexplicable. Um, He would be Atlanta's only logical candidate, honestly, but BetOnline has odds for 29 players. And somehow, Capella's not one of them. Uh, I think I would have had him as high as number two in DPOI voting last year, as I said on the podcast multiple times, and I think definitely a top five guy for me. He finished sixth last year and is not on the list of 29 guys. I don't think he's going to win. Don't get me wrong, but it's insane to think there'd be almost 30 guys that are not on the list, and he would not be on the list, I should say. So, uh, Gobert is the favorite to repeat. Uh, then you have Ben Simmons, Giannis, AD, MB, Draymond, Bam Adebayo, the usual suspects, but uh, Capella should be on there. I wouldn't pick him to win, but he definitely is an awesome defensive player, and we saw last year his impact on the Hawks. Uh, most improved player odds are very weird to me because it's an award that is so subjective and also sort of takes into account that you have to improve a lot from the previous season. But the only guy on the Hawks list um, is John Collins, who's 20 to 1. I'm not sure how John Collins would win most improved player. And that's not a shot at John Collins, that I think he's already really good. And usually the award is guys who come out of nowhere or they make the leap from like fringe star to superstar. I don't think John's going to do either one of those things. He's obviously not going off the radar because he's already been very good for the last couple of seasons. I think he'd have to probably average like I don't know, 25 and 10 to have a chance to win this award, which I don't think is going to happen, and that's not a knock on Collins. Um, I actually think that guys like Reddish or Herder or Hunter actually have a much clearer opportunity to win. Uh, but candidly, most of the players not my favorite award in the world, so I would stay away from this at, at all costs. It's impossible to predict this kind of thing, and the criteria can shift as well. But I do think that it makes more sense for some, I would say, one of the young wings to actually become a candidate for this than it would be for Collins. But uh, we'll leave it there for now. Uh, Sixth man of the year. The Hawks have a couple of guys with some interesting odds. Um, three guys, in fact, on the list. Lou Williams is 25-1 to 1 as a former winner, a multi-time winner, of course. And then Gallo is 66-1. to 1. Uh, The best odds for the Hawks, though, are Kevin Herter. He's number three on the whole list in terms of odds. He's 12-1. to 1. Um, I imagine this is based on the playoff run that he had. Of course, had that headliner Game 7 uh, in Philadelphia that he kind of won in that game in a lot of ways. And some shine that he got there. Also, I think it makes sense because Bogdanovich and Hunter are the projected starters, at least in my mind, on the wing, which make, would make Kevin Herter a role, a more of a role player off the bench. I don't think that he's going to win it. I think usually the counting stats drive the ship on six man of the year, and usually it's all about points scored for the most part. Um, guys like Lou Williams and Jamal Crawford, a couple of former Hawks, well, one former Hawk and one current Hawk, are like the standard bearer for this, where usually it's a high-scoring backcourt guy who just gets a lot of buckets. Now, Herter can score, but I don't think he's going to average you know, 18 a game this year off the bench for Atlanta. He could, conceivably. I think, actually, that Gallo is undervalued. 66-1. to 1. 
I don't think he's going to play enough to win. I think last year, I made this point a lot, but if Gallo had been healthy all year, I think he would have been a legitimate candidate, maybe a top five candidate in uh, six man of the year. Um, this year, he, I think he might even play less because of Johnson and the health of guys like Connor and Reddish, knock on wood. But uh, I think it's kind of a long shot that I'd probably be at least re- relatively invested in. Lou at 25-1 to 1 is not good value. Obviously, I'm a big Lou fan, but I don't think there's going to be the role for him to score enough, to do enough, to be an actual candidate for six-man of the year. So, um, Herder's interesting, and I thought it was at least notable that he was a top-five candidate on this list. In fact, number three overall. So, getting some love in the market. Also, uh, just for, for the record, Ingles is the favorite for Utah, then Clarkson. But after Herder, it's Derrick Rose, Goran Dragic, Montrez Harrell, and then Patty Mills, a bunch of guys on uh, big market teams, etc. Um, Coach of the year. Naomi Millen is 16-1 to 1 in the odds. That is tied for the eighth best odds to win it. Honestly, that seems about right to me um, for a couple reasons. I think, number one, Nate was a realistic candidate last year. Of course, he didn't win. But I think it's going to be hard for him to actually win Coach of the Year. It's a very narrative-based award. The way the Hawks would have to do this um, for Nate would be to be the number one seed. I can't see a scenario where, where McMillan wins if they're not the number one seed just because of the depth on the roster and the talent. In fact, they made the, the final conference finals last year. Usually it's an overachieving team or a team that's just so awesome that wins this award. And I think the Hawks could certainly do that. If the Hawks go out and win 58, 62 games, something like that, and that's a way to get it. But I think um, this is a reasonable odds for Nate to be a top 10 guy, but not one of the favorites. That makes a lot of sense to me in a lot of ways. There's no telling, though. It's always narrative-based, so uh, your guess is as good as mine. And then uh, the top four, by the way, are Steve Kerr, Steve Nash, Billy Donovan, and Eric Spolstra on the list for the odds. And then finally, MVP is here. So there are 49 players in the NBA listed with odds to win the MVP award. One of them is on the Hawks, and you know who that is already. It's Trey Young. He is 16-1. to um, For the record, to put this in sort of context as to where he is in the pecking order of the odds, that is tied for the 10th best odds in the league with Jason Tatum. They're both 16-1. to So not a disrespect thing for Trey Young. I think you'll probably see Trey be too low on some lists um, this year. Uh, you know, I know the 2K ratings made the rounds where he was undervalued, I think. But him being tied for 10th is not an insult. That's pretty good investment. Um, he's ahead of guys like Devin Booker and Chris Paul and Anthony Davis and Zion, Paul George, Bradley Beal, Donovan Mitchell, John Morant, and Kyrie Irving. Uh, the guys he's behind in the odds are Luka, Steph, Giannis, Durant, Joel Embiid, Damian Lillard, LeBron, James Harden, and Jokic in that order. So I thought Trey was great value last year, as I said on this podcast multiple times, at like 75 to 1 or 100 to 1 where he was last year. And I think he actually would have had a pretty decent chance if the Hawks had not had that slow start last year. Um, This year, though, I think it's sort of the same formula. If the Hawks are a top three seed in the East and he posts, you know, 29 and 9 again, he'll have a case. Um, I think realistic for, for him to win, it's kind of like Nate. I think the Hawks might have to have a number one seed kind of season for Trey to actually win MVP, or he has to be back to the numbers he was putting up two years ago, um, more of that like 30 and 10 almost numbers versus last year's a little bit more modest. I mean, they weren't modest because they were still awesome numbers, but you know what I mean? Um, he'd have to put up some real counting stats to get in the mix there and also have a top two, probably top two seed in the East. But I think he can definitely do that. So. I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't pick Trey to win the MVP right now because the Hawks are so deep and talented that it's almost working against him in some ways. But I think that he should be a candidate if he plays the way that he's capable of playing. And I think that's a pretty decent respect for him to be in the top 10 of the odds. So 16 to 1, uh, you know, 
maybe, maybe you'll find a better number. I would definitely uh, say that there's other stuff around, but BetOnline is a good place to find all of your betting odds needs, and I thought these were pretty interesting. So if you guys follow me at all on Twitter, you'll know that I follow this stuff very closely, and I thought it was interesting. So good way to get into the awards talk very, very early, probably insanely early here in August, but the offseason is definitely here, so I wanted to uh, dive in a little bit to that. All right, that'll do it for today's, to the, for today's show and this entire week's of shows. Uh, I will say this, uh, Tower Jones and I had a lot of fun uh, recording a two-part podcast that went up on Wednesday night into Thursday. I know everybody loves Tyler. I do as well. Um, that was about two hours almost of content. I hope you guys enjoyed that. That will sort of uh, be the model for some of the things that we've been doing off, over the offseason. I mentioned this last week, but we're not going to be five days a week. Um, maybe maybe we'll, we will be sometimes, but we won't be every week between now and the season starting. Um, but I will definitely promise you guys two or three per, two or three per week at minimum. This is a four-episode week still because of the uh, schedule release on Friday afternoon, so a little bit of an extra podcast here. But um, have no fear. The schedule um, will uh, be lighting, be sort of lighter in the offseason, but the training camp begins in you know, a, little bit more, a little bit more than a month. So not a long break, and uh, we'll definitely be here every week with some content for everybody. So please subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends about the show. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you next time.